0: Thank you, thank you, thank you! Wow, what a what a lovely time this morning! Beautiful time. I hope you sense the presence of God with us. And I, have been just so aware of God speaking to us already. Um, and I'm, I just feel I'm going to be hopefully building on that foundation. I feel quite that book that uh, Johnny mentioned was it a fear and tremble? I I feel a bit like that approaching the book of Romans. It's sort of. Um, it's 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 right up there. Paul's letter to the Romans. We often think it's a, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of a it's so it's so academic and and, and uh, difficult to understand that we avoid it a bit. But it, it, I just want to say to us as, as we begin this morning, it really isn't. It's a book written to people. In fact, if you go to the end of the book, chapter sixteen, there's a whole list of loads and loads and loads of people. Um, he mentions them by name. Uh, so we're, we're starting this series, "Forgiven and Free." Wow, what a title! "Forgiven and Free." I've called this morning "Breakthrough," Gospel Breakthrough, because that's what it, it, this book often often does. Um, it's perhaps the rich, one of the richest, clearest presentation of the gospel. Paul hadn't been to Rome. He'd not had the chance to preach to them, and he was so aware of the significance of the city, he really wanted them to be well-founded and grounded in the gospel so that ripples could go out all over the world. And I trust that the same will be true for us as we go through this book. And it's also a book that's brought breakthrough to some significant people. I'm going to tell you about that in a moment. And I, try, I pray that it will bring breakthrough to you and to me in a perhaps in a whole fresh way that will empower our lives so lord i pray you've already been speaking come holy spirit i pray breakthrough perhaps some for the very first time today breakthrough may the gospel the gospel of grace break through into lives today i pray In the name of Jesus. Okay, so let's start at verse 1. Romans 1, verse 1. Here we go. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his Son who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith from his, for his namesake. And you also in Norwich, are among those Gentiles called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, who are loved by God, called to be his holy people. Grace and peace. Grace and peace to you. From God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, who I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son, he's my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters. i planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I may have some harvest among you, just as I have had among other Gentiles. I'm a debtor, both to Greeks and non-Greeks, to the wise and the foolish. That's why I'm so eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. That brings salvation to everyone who believes. First the Jew, then the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Breakthrough. I, do you know what, it, I'm sure you know what that feeling, what it's like when you you suddenly break through. You suddenly understand something. Do you know the feeling? You know, it, maybe you're s- students, it's that time of year, isn't it? You're studying for your exams. Well, I really hope you get, you get breakthrough in your studies. I mean, I'm thinking of, when I'm doing math A-level, I remember, you know, the whole thing, calculus and all that stuff, you know, do you, anyone doing all that? You know, I, mean, I can remember so well. Breakthrough. I suddenly got it. You know, all that sine theta substitution and all that. Suddenly got it, and it makes life easy, doesn't it? I can see one mathematician over there. Or maybe you're watching a strange film, and you just don't get it, you know, and you're wondering. I mean, Or maybe you're one of those people, when you're watching a movie, you're infuriating, and you're all saying to the other person in the room, oh, what's, oh, what's that? How does that fit in? What's going on there? And then suddenly you get it. Oh, I get now the book of romans has done that for a lot of people trying to get trying to understand this christianity trying to understand what it means to be a christian okay it's an important letter it's brought life change to many people and i just give you a few augustine i'm sure you've all heard one of the early church fathers augustine you know his quote you have made us for ourselves for for yourself you've made us for yourself and we have no rest till we find our peace in you or something like that you know that augustine he was a wild guy and uh, he was italian um, anyway he was living quite wildly and uh, he was his tr- conscience troubling him and he was in milan and he was in a garden and suddenly he heard these children singing in the nursery rhyme, nursery rhyme, pick up and read pick up and read and and he just felt convicted to pick up a Bible and it opened it to Romans, I think it was chapter 13, um, something like, that, um, not in riotous living, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was a life-changing moment for Augustine, had a huge impact on the Christian church. The one you'll know perhaps better is Martin Luther. Martin Luther, that devoted, earnest monk a time when the Roman church was the only church and it, it, it put the fear of God into everyone, purgatory was the big thing, you know, p- purgatory and, and penance, you've got to do penance. And so there's this great fear that was generated in people's hearts and that, that's what the church did and that's what, the, what, what Christianity did. It just put a, a heaviness on everyone. Purgatory, penance to kind of pay your way and try and get clean. And he was a stranger. I mean, this, is, this led to the Reformation, okay? This is the 16th century. It, he stood virtually alone against the whole empire and the emperor. Bless him. You know, here I stand, I can do no other. Because suddenly something happened. He was lecturing on the Book of Romans. I mean, can you believe it? He's, he's lecturing to fellow monks on the Book of Romans. And uh, he, 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 said, he said this. He said... Um, um, Six life-giving, darkness-chasing, emancipating words. The just shall live by faith. And then finally God had mercy on me. I began to understand that the righteousness of God is the gift of God by which a righteous man lives, namely faith. And that sentence, the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel, it's passive, indicating that the merciful God justifies us by faith. As it's written, the righteous shall live by faith. Oh, now I felt as though I'd been reborn altogether and had entered paradise. This passage from Paul became to me the very gate to paradise. It, it brought and it set into motion the Reformation right across the world. That was Romans. John Wesley, a bit later on in the 18th century, in Aldous Gate, uh, the Moravian Christians were teaching on the Book of Romans. And again, he'd, he'd studied theology, was he? at Oxford, wasn't he? And, and he'd, he, was, he was a studious guy, but he didn't get it. And then one day in Alder's great street, do you remember? His heart was strangely warmed. It was Romans that did that. And so it goes, it goes on. It's many others, they've had breakthrough, and I trust that will be our experience. So I want to speak first just obviously the word gospel" comes up a lot. It's six times in chapter one, The Gospel. The good news. It's so great that Roger Short talks about bad news, and there's been a, this emphasis on, on good news, and, and, and news can have an impact on you. I know folks who don't want to look at the news at the moment. It's just always bad, and it's, it always makes you feel fearful and. Gro- good news. Good news, gospel. This, it, it, this word is used throughout the book of Romans. And look at verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. And that's the first thing I want to see. It's, it's, it's not just good news. It's God's good news. It's God's good news. It's not just the, the apostle Paul's good This is God's Good news. And you, you, it, it, it's about, I mean, I'm going to tell you what it's about in a moment. Luke chapter 2, shepherds in the field, you remember. And it, there in Luke, the angel saying to the shepherds, don't be afraid, I bring you good news. It's going to cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He's a messiah. This is the greatest news that has ever come into the world. It is. It's, it's God's good news. The God of creation, the God who made you, it's his good news. Okay? And I want to just take a few moments. I'm going to break it in half and we'll worship in the middle because this, that book does this to you. And we're going to look at encountering the person of the gospel, encountering the power of the gospel, and encountering the provision of the gospel. Okay? I'm not going I'm I'm to take too long. I'm going to be quite concise I want you to get it. So encountering the person of the gospel just want to say one thing here don't take his name for granted. Okay? Certainly don't blaspheme it. I've told the story before, reading of someone who recently became a Christian and this dear lady, you know, as it happens in most workplaces people around just kind of use and swear that use the name of Jesus all the time. And this lady thought of a clever line whenever she heard someone Blaspheming, she'd just say, "Oh, we worship him." I thought, what a great thing to say! Give me courage, Lord. Oh, we worship him, but don't take his name for granted. Look, here it is. It's, 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 it's I mean, again, it's throughout this book. Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's piling up the words. Don't, don't just skip over those these words. Christ. Jesus our Lord. Let me just take a moment here. Christ. That means anoint, promised, anointed one. In the Old Testament, some, some translations use the word Messiah. Anointed, promised one. That's what it means. And uh, uh, in 1 Peter, what did Paul said about in the Old Testament, people looked intently to see when this... They they knew it was coming. They knew God was up to something. They were looking. They were waiting. They knew God was doing something. He was up to something. It, It says this in 1 Peter. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, they searched intently scratching their heads, and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah. Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, okay? And the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they weren't serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been Uh, told to you by those who preach the gospel to you there's that word again by the holy spirit sent from heaven even angels long to look into these things that word actually means peep it's the same word as when when mary went to the tomb and they're sort of peeping in the grave it's that word the angels they're kind of whoa what's what's this gospel going to be how's it going to be working out and we have the privilege of seeing how it all comes together and works out in the Lord Jesus coming for us. Good news. That, so that's, that's Christ. Jesus. That's his earthly name. Jesus of Nazareth. Do you remember? Was it, was it Philip going to find Nathanael? And he said, come and see someone. We found him, the Messiah. And then it's Jesus of Nazareth. And then those famous words, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Jesus, that speaks of his Emmanuel, God with us. This is, this is the gospel, God coming down, walking among people and, 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 and reaching out and, 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 and touching their lives and bringing peace and healing and stilling storms. Jesus, you know, it's, it's our Lord, whoa, Jesus among us. Kindness, doing good, going about, healing, helping, doing beautiful things. Jesus, Christ Jesus, Lord, 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 majesty, wow, Lord of the universe. In Rome, people would be saying, Caesar is Lord. Caesar is the top dog. He's the godlike one. And Paul's saying, oh, no, no, no. Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's Lord. He's, he's sovereign. He's, he's awesome. He's, we're going to worship in a moment. Musicians, come up here. We've got to worship. This is Jesus. He is majestic. I told you before that word, that song, Majesty, that was written by Jack Hayford, he American. He'd come to England uh, for the, during the coronation of Queen Elizabeth, and he was so amazed at the the whole ma- the Majesty, the the whoa, the, the, the what was going on. He said, I've got to write a song. I've got to write a song. Majesty, worship His Majesty. That's why he wrote that song. And he, as Kev said, he died recently. I've got goosebumps, but hey, Jesus Christ, our Lord—he's not just Lord, whoa, our Lord. Do you get it? Don't don't ignore the name, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is absolutely awesome, absolutely amazing, and 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 you think you know how is this gospel ever going to work? How I'm going to after we've sung, I'm going to. Take you there, but let me just read Philippians 2. Being in the very nature of God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself this is the Lord Jesus made himself nothing. He humbled himself by coming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under earth and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Don't, don't belittle, don't just skip over Jesus Christ, our Lord. When you use those words, let the meaning come through. Let, we're going to sing a song now. We're going to worship the name of the Lord. I don't. I think it's that one, Holy. Is it? I don't know, Kev. I've got, you've got to stand. I'm sorry if you can. You've got to. We're going to worship. We're going to, we're going to praise the name of King, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Kev, help us. Don't go away. Stay there now, musicians. We, we could just go on with this, I know. But I, I want to tell you. I want to just show you, I want to show you two things that can help you enjoy the fullness of fellowship with God. I've got two profound things to share with you and we'll come back to worship. We're going to come around the table. So take your seats for a moment. Musicians, do you mind? Stay there because I'm not going to be long. The person of the gospel, I, I, Goose, but I could continue. What a wonderful song. What a wonderful song. What a wonderful song. That's the person of the gospel, the power of the gospel. You see, the the power of the gospel. Paul says here in verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God to salvation. For those who believe the gospel is powerful. This good news from God is powerful. It can set you free from anything. It can set you free. It can set you free from christ lest eternity. It can set you free from the curse of sin and death. It can set you free from all the, the things that would hold you captive. The power of the gospel. It can set you free. Jesus' words had power, didn't they? He spoke the word, the storm was stilled, people were healed. And he still speaks words today to set you free. But we need the provision of the gospel. And this is my last point. This is profound. And I, I, I want to... Holy Spirit, please speak to us. Verse 17. Because... This is how the power of the gospel works. Because in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. In the gospel... The righteousness of God is revealed. Now, Martin Luther, he thought that meant that that's Jesus coming. The Ten Commandments were kind of a shadow of God's character and holiness. But when Jesus came, he was the righteousness of God. And that makes it even more difficult. Whoa! Because he said, didn't he, the the law says, don't murder, but I say to you, if you say you fall, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Your righteousness has got to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees if you want to enter the kingdom. Do you remember the Sermon on the Mount? Yeah, he, he took all the... Uh, the, uh, the law says don't commit adultery. But I say to you, even if you look and lust... So Martin Luther, this poor monk, he's the righteousness of God has been revealed from heaven. Oh, that makes it worse. Jesus is so holy. I don't stand a chance. And so he worked his socks off. He, he beat his body up literally as a very zealous monk. And he said, he actually, at one point he said, I hated that phrase, the righteousness of God is revealed. I hated it. The expressions is his words. The expression, the righteousness of God, made me feel utterly hopeless and helpless. I didn't know what to do with myself. The righteousness of God blocked the way of salvation for me. So what does it mean? Until he had, until he came to breakthrough. So what does it mean that the righteousness of God has been revealed? Okay. Does it mean... It, it doesn't... It, okay, it means... The righteousness from heaven, the righteousness of God, has been revealed from heaven for you. For you. The righteousness of heaven, it's, it's not just about my holiness, it is my holiness. And, and it's, been, it's revealed from heaven for you. And Martin Luther called this the great exchange. My sin placed on him. That's convenient, that's there. My sin placed on him. His righteousness placed on me. The righteousness of God has been revealed from heaven. It's come to us. It's come to me. It can come to you this morning. The righteousness of God. I'm no longer just chasing it. The Ten Commandments, climbing a wall, trying to get there. I'm not just trying, my, my, you know, getting, oh, I'm just nowhere ever going to be good enough. The righteousness from heaven has been revealed. It's, been, it's come down. It's come to us in Jesus. Do you get it? It's come. The great exchange. Gets even better. Look at this next bit. This this is astonishing. Are Are you ready? How does this righteousness come to us? Okay, listen. I'm quoting verse 17. It's a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. Okay, so what does this faith mean? Some people get the idea that faith is like a work. I'm gonna try really hard. Oh yeah, I'm really I've got i put my faith, I'm believing it, yes, I'm and faith becomes a work. All right? That's how some people see faith. But whenever Paul uses the word faith, he means the very opposite of legalism. He means the very opposite of my efforts. When he says faith, he's talking about turning from trusting in me, because you've just given up, to trusting in Christ. It's saying, like... Luther, I can't do it. It's too much. I've tried so hard. I've beaten myself up. I've been the best monk I could ever be, and I'm still, I'm still not there. It's coming to the end of yourself. And I put, oh, it's a righteousness from heaven. Jesus, it's, I give up with that. It's, it's your righteousness. And that's giving up on me and turning to Christ. That is the channel Through which this righteousness comes to us. Okay? It's not my faith that makes me righteous. Coming to the end of myself and putting my faith in Christ because I've given up with all that stuff, just can't do it. That's, That's the channel that the righteousness of God comes to you and me. Isn't that astonishing? Isn't that astonishing? I think it is. It's totally astonishing. It's turning away from me, all my efforts, trying so hard. I tell you, Martin Luther, he really tried hard. He went, he did everything. He went to Rome. He went up those steps, whatever they were called, on his knees. He put himself through it all, and he still found no peace until he understood this. And then he said, When I saw this, I broke through. I felt as I'd been reborn altogether, and had entered paradise. This is the gospel. This is—it's holy ground. Oh, this is holy ground. Has it brought breakthrough to you? Have you come? Have you understood who Jesus is? Have you have you come to the end of yourself and realised that you just you just you just can't do it? good place to be. It's not my efforts. It's it's giving up on me and saying, Jesus, <laughs> oh, I'm trusting in you. And that channel is the righteousness. The, 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 the channel through which the righteousness of God comes to me. And we're going to come around the table this morning. <laughs> and we're going to take the bread and the wine. Well, the little pots and the and, and we're going to, this is an opportunity for you. You may have been a Christian a long time, I don't know. Maybe, you just, maybe you've got used to the gospel and it's, it's not particularly good news. I hope I've opened your eyes a little this morning. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed and it's from faith to faith, all the way through, from beginning to end. It's faith. It's faith. Have you broken through? Have you broken through? Have you seen the wonder of Jesus coming for you, dying for you? Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's what this gospel is all about. And we're going to sing a song as we break bread. It's a very old song. Well, fairly old. And it's by Matt Redmond. And it's called Mercy. I'll just read some of the words to you. I will kneel in the dust at the foot of the cross. Where mercy paid for me. Where the wrath I deserved. It's gone. It's past. Your blood has hidden me. Mercy. Endless as a sea. Dear Dear people, if you've never put your trust in the Lord Jesus, if you've never understood the gospel, this morning you can you can you can do it. You can you can just take the bread and the wine. Jesus, you died for me. Because here's the thing: the the gospel is not just about you being forgiven. Please hear me. It's not. The Christian gospel is not just about you being forgiven. That's just the first step. The gospel is about how you can enjoy fellowship with your heavenly Father, the one who made you, who loves you, who is just awesome. That's what the gospel is about. How you can enjoy. You can. You, you can. You can go out this morning. Someone talked about the when I see the creation and you, Johnny wasn't well. Like, oh God, it's you. The gospel is not just about you being forgiven. That's a means to an end you've been forgiven so you can enjoy the beauty the wonder of knowing God as your heavenly father mercy lord i pray if there's any here this morning who've never they've never understood these words fully i pray this morning they'll say yes please I want. In fact, I'm just going to walk heads about it. If you, you've never really understood it before, I don't give you the opportunity to mark the moment and say, yes, I want that in my life, and I'd like to pray for you. I won't point you out on it. Just, well, anyone would like me to pray for you before we come and worship and break bread? Just slip your hand up. I really want to just pray for those who you, need, you, you want to break through this morning on the wonder of the gospel. Anyone here this morning? Okay. Okay. Lord, I pray. Come to those who are seeking. Come to those who still feel tied up in knots. Come to those who spend half their lives feeling just convicted, convicted and miserable and condemned. Come with this wonderful good news, I pray. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing this song. So let, let's, let's stand together. And then we'll, when we've sung it perhaps through once, I don't know, we're going to come around the tables. Do we need to move the tables around? No, there's four tables. There's gluten-free stuff there if you need it. Let, oh, don't lose the moment, please. Just let's, let these words flood your heart this morning. Kev, lead us in this song, please.